0: Okay, so 4:20 Cinco de Mayo. What are the other like uh, holidays or other dates that you don't want your child born on or around? I mean, I know that you have like a ballpark like area, so it's kind of making things easier. Oh, uh, you you just mean like generally? Like, yeah, generally. yeah, yeah. Anyone having a kid? Yeah, like what's like some of the worst dates? Like I have a family member, distant and stepmom side of the family, so it's not true family, but I have a family member whose kids were born on 9/11. And Mm. December seventh, man. Hmm. So, so
1: December seventh is when I got engaged. Uh, (laughs) I mean, like you only have so many days
0: to work with, but hey, it
1: it was a surprise. Um. So, damn. Um. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. It wasn't like I circled the calendar. Like Pearl Harbor Day. This is the day. Uh. It was. More like,
0: who officiated your wedding? June Jones? <laughs>
1: Jesus <Christ. laughs> uh, I wish. Just kidding. Um, yeah, no, it was like we, uh, I had had the ring for a few months and didn't know. I was like, I couldn't decide what I was going to do. And then I thought, like, maybe Christmas. And then it was like, ooh, yeah, but everyone on Instagram does it on Christmas. So, like, oh, that's so lame, too. That's so
0: lame. It's like,
1: yeah and I was like ah, I don't want to double up on that hot eggs, and I'm probably going to get more gifts on the day so I just it was like we happened to be she was at work that night and I like had her pick up some Chinese food or whatever and then I like hid uh, I hid the ring in one of her like subscription boxes that she had been getting at the time um, that she had already opened but I was like why don't you show me what you got she's like you hate when I do that and I'm like yeah but you know this time's different. different um,
0: and uh, that was the end of that and then I was like, fuck, it's Pearl Harbor Day. <laughs> Shit, I don't know if I I need to see if I got engaged on any like like on this day in history that I just don't know about. What day was it? Uh June 28th, I believe.
1: That's my that's my wedding anniversary. Fuck. So, I mean that's that, on this that's day. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 1969, a police raid of a gay tavern Sparks a series of violent clashes Not nice Oh, Israel annexes East Jerusalem
0: Oh, that's right That's right, that's right Oh, yep. Franz, Ferd-
1: Franz Ferdinand was assassinated on that day Even better uh, But also The first uh, scheduled Transatlantic flight takes off mm-hmm. And in 1846 The saxophone was patented The
2: saxophone was patented?
1: Yeah
2: <laughs> Okay
1: So like um, That's pretty good
0: Also Mel Brooks' birthday That is a good one That's a good one yeah. I'd like to say that I got engaged on Mel Brooks' birthday Yeah And on Justin's uh, the Third wedding anniversary at the time? Fourth? Something like that? Uh, No more than second Was it this year? Oh. So yeah Second yeah, So second Okay Yeah I can never remember You guys have been together for so long i know I no know. it's like it's my better. like my entirety of knowing you yeah it's so we
1: always forget how how many years it is james madison died on june twenty eighth as well always hated them my father's
0: yeah i don't know if there's like any other holidays that stick out where i'm like i don't want my child born on this day i can't probably be- christmas i
1: would
0: that would suck yeah
1: birthday is close to christmas and it's kind of weird because like you can't like not you have to like give them gifts
0: you can't just be like you can't double it up yeah like yeah. somebody's mad at you for it at all times like somebody is like going through a rough patch but they love you enough because they want to buy you like gifts for two different reasons right and it's just like
1: <sighs> maybe when they're older it's
0: easier but when they're younger like it's more about
1: like quantity than quality yeah. like you could get like a bomb ass gift but if it's like small and like if you bought like a Nintendo Switch game and like broke the bank on it and he got them like a tiny little disc and that was the only thing you got them they'd be like what the hell is this I'm gonna use it but I also hate it because everyone else got like 30 gifts but if they were like 16 they'd be like sweet yeah just give me a gift card
0: mm-hmm. I just want money yes yeah. I just want money age I to put gas in my, in my car yeah so I can pick up my girlfriend buy her own popcorn
2: why are you giving me gift cards the love of God send me cash you don't like gift cards? Gift cards are an okay gift. But anybody who gives me a gift card is like basically saying, I know you like this thing, so it's, I'm going to make it personal, like, which is fine. Yeah. But you, so when you send me Amazon shit, like let me just say, I get more frustrated trying to update, like do the simplest thing like, Use my Amazon gift cards or I lose them and then somebody spent money and <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I did with it. Like, mm-hmm. this could have been solved a lot easier way. You, you, you could have
0: given me money. What about those like Visa vanilla gift cards? You know, where like you pick them up at the 7 Eleven, there's like 50 bucks, 100 bucks on there. Mm-hmm. You can use them wherever, whenever.
2: I'm just averse to doing the simplest of things when it comes to financial transactions that aren't just money. So. I've I've managed to like not use some of those like $25 Visa gift cards before.
1: Yeah. Cause I just forget they're in my wallet. Been there. I would agree. I got like a gift from work mm-hmm. that was like a $25 or $50 Visa gift card. I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Like I'm gonna I got all these things that I could spend it on and it's just sitting uh like on my desk. Deposit it into my account, please. Yeah. Right. Cause I can't just be like I, I can't like redeem it for so like put it in my debit card account.
0: <laughs> yeah, Friday night I was talking to Cosette and uh we had like just gotten back from the movie theater, right? And uh we had saw the uh the new Spider-Man. Which is really good if you haven't seen it. Uh it, it that, rips. Yeah, that's as far as I'll go on it. But uh we got home and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I found it." And she was like, "What?" And I said, "That Imagine gift card that we were talking about before we went." And uh she was like, "Oh, okay. Well, you could have used that tonight." I said, "Yep, I, it was in my wallet the whole time. And I did not use this Imagine gift card." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. Even when like I'm in the position where like I can use it right now, because it's just a couple couple slots behind my uh, my credit card. It's not too far. Just reach back there and grab that fucking gift card that you got three years ago, Alex. And I didn't do it again. So maybe next time. Which I said, like, last "Oh, we well, you gonna." you got to run the activation code and like, ah, oh,
2: well, no, I'll just give you my credit card.
0: <laughs> yep. I need money. I just got it. I just. <laughs> and then the next morning I spent $5,000 on a down payment. So, <laughs> yeah, you know me, Mr. Baller. I don't need no gift card. November
1: 22nd. That's a, That's another
0: one. What happened on
1: 1122? So that's what I was about to ask. Uh, is, like, is it far enough? in the past that, like, maybe people don't care anymore, but that was when uh, JFK was assassinated. Mm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I like, think so.
0: I think nobody cares. But also,
1: but also, Toy Story was released on that day in 1995, so like, I think it's even.
2: <laughs> this is the type of golden content that needs to actually be on the card. Yeah. Uh
0: Mac Football Pod. Caleb, it's usually just me and you, but, uh... We got a friend this time. I don't know if we have a friend for good. Justin, are you are you a friend for good? Oh oh, I, I got, you got on new buddy.
1: Oh my god, how did I get muted?
0: Yeah. Because I'm, I'm God. No, that's a bad start.
1: So I think my tryout, I just, I've, I've already failed. Um, Welcome so. to Mac Football Pod.
0: Hell yeah, yeah. this is. <laughs> man, we are already back to Tuesday Night Lights quality. This is this is perfect. Oh God. Per. perfect Perfect. justin coffin uh thank you for joining us uh finally we've been wanting you on we didn't really ask you until like somewhat recently to join the show but just know that this has been like a long time coming of course everybody should know myself alex and caleb because duh we've known each other and all that but if you've known us long enough you should also know justin because justin you were with us at hustle belt uh the other podcast you and caleb when you were at hustle belt after i left too you guys started like a uh like a joint weekly column thing say hi to this podcast introduce yourself buddy
1: hey uh i'm happy to to be here be back i don't know I, this is I kind of like the same spiritual iteration of all of that that you mentioned i, I think it's a, it's a nice mac football journey happy to be back on it glad that i still have enough uh street cred in the eyes of these hosts that that i'm worth bringing on um but yeah i mean you basically ran down the bio blogged at some places have been around i'm on twitter
0: yeah you're better at math cool. than us too caleb and i like every once in a while yeah. we recognize that s p exists um but we don't know how to talk about it yeah we went to journalism I schools probably i probably don't either
1: one of the biggest um one of the scariest things i ever did was like wrote a whole article about um about like how to use s p plus to determine whether You just fired your coach too soon, or something like that in the MAC, Um, or like whether a new coaching change is going to hurt you. Uh, The short answer was like, unless you're NIU or Toledo, basically always as a rule. Um, But it was like heavily reliant on that. And I like tagged Bill Connolly in it. And I was like, oh man, I was
0: racing about
1: this, not like an idiot, Um, or else he's going to quote me and be like, this is great, um, but this is not, uh, you're drawing the wrong conclusions.
0: Uh, Caleb. How have you been, man? We haven't, you and I, we decided to not record last week, uh, so it's a little bit, uh, I don't know. What is, what's today? Today's Joe Burrow Day. Today's Joe Burrow Day, and you're not wearing your Joe Burrow shirt. Uh, I'll what's be wrong wearing with a, you?
2: Well, by the time people hear this, I'll have worn my Joe Burrow shirt, and the Bengals will have reached the Super Bowl, and uh, I'll have a, a lot of drinks. Yeah, by the so, time
0: people have listened to this, you have already like taken it off. Swung your Joe Burrow jersey over your head once, twice, three times, just like a yeah, crazy, style. crazy ass fan. Yeah. And then threw it on the ground again. And then Wibble's like just going to cuddle yeah. around in it.
2: Yeah. If it smells like me, he will. Uh, but yeah, you know, pretty stoked. And uh, I, a few years ago, not to say that I completely stopped being a professional football fan, but I just kind of stopped caring about the Bengals for the most part. I think uh, Lions fans <clears throat> can empathize a bit, almost uh, in that sense. At least, like the passion not being there for times for periods of time. So, yeah, when they drafted Burrow, it was reignited again. I, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that I coached against Joe Burrow and I covered him uh, for a, a couple publications when I was at Ohio University. That's right, basketball and football. So. The chance to get back—it was kind of like the the gateway back to Bengals football. Like I still cared a little bit, but there was no passion there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Burrow coming back to the Bengals was my entryway back into caring about the team, caring about the team again. Uh, talking to my dad about the team a lot more than I had the last few years, and uh, it's kind of culminating in this. That whatever happens today, I'm not really going to be upset. Like it might be a little bit disappointing if they if the Bengals were to lose. Obviously, when you listen to this, you'll know what happened but it's a pretty freaking exciting time to be a cincinnati sports fan when it's been miserable for 30 years so um yeah i'm, I'm pretty good mood pretty good mood today on this lovely sunday
0: Bengals plus seven
2: i mean burrow's got to have his best playoff game of, or his best game of the playoffs because he's only been like decent so far so i i say today's probably gonna be his best game
0: i just don't know how you get like sacked nine times <laughs>
2: and He's then like so lead
0: your team unfazed. to a playoff victory like i don't know if you can do that again but i He's hope he so does so unfazed by everything
2: it's it's ridiculous mm-hmm. how how do you get knocked around like that and just never make the wrong decision or f up in the, some big way
0: yeah i don't know i i, I don't know
1: uh, and if For he the wins second consecutive you're... year
0: mm-hmm.
1: like he came back he was like after his rookie year he got like literally broken and was like i'm going to do this again Are we going to change anything? Nope. I'm just going to keep getting hit. And because I can throw bombs to Jamar Chase, it doesn't matter. God bless.
0: It is amazing that, like, and I know I said this to you, Caleb, maybe you too, Justin, that, like, it was not too long ago, just two draft cycles ago, when a lot of the talk uh, was that Joe Burrow just wanted nothing to do with Cincinnati and how this was just, like, a shitstorm waiting to happen if and when Cincinnati... Uh, drafts him, yeah, shitstorm indeed. Him or Patty Mahomes is going to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, and It is pretty good. And if uh, the Bengals make it, uh, Darius Phillips, he's on the IR right now, but he uh, could still get a ring if the Bengals does pull off the uh, its last two wins of the year. If so, um, Andrew Wiley's on the other side for the Chiefs. Uh, the Rams, nobody, nobody on the Rams is from uh, from the Mac. So, don't root for LA. Don't root for them at all. You should be rooting for the 49ers who don't have a quarterback, which is, you know, a position that the 49ers should be drafting more MAC players out of. Uh, But Jalen Moore, Jimmy Ward, they're both on the Niners. So, uh, good luck to you guys, or congrats to you, I guess I should be saying, by the time this comes out. I don't know, man. I'm excited. Like, this has been a really, really good playoffs. It's really hard for me in general to watch. Like the NFL, not that this is an NFL podcast, but we're going to make it that because it is late January. We got nothing else to do right now. It's hard for me to watch the NFL in general because I work so many Sundays throughout the year. Work schedules are different for me, but shit, this has been a crazy, crazy year for football. It's betting wise, I'm not like a big better, but like betting, predictable, blah, blah, blah. It's just as hard to predict like who is going to win all these pro football games this year just like it was in the college game too. Uh, and I'm really glad that like this playoff picture has like kind of played into the same picture where like we watch all these other sports and like, oh, baseball teams are kind of built the same. Basketball teams are kind of built the same. These four these four football teams that we have left in a lot of ways are very, very different. Like that LA San Fran game, two very, very different looking teams, especially on offensive defense. Uh, Bengals, Chiefs, I mean, shit, you expect a lot of the Chiefs. The Bengals, we all love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Uh, Good luck on the rest of the way, too. So, just generally, I would like to say, as a nice potpourri statement, these playoffs rock. And I am loving the football that we're seeing uh, this 21-22 year.
1: Was last week probably the most fun you've ever had watching professional football?
0: Uh, I was so busy last weekend, so no. Oh, no. (laughs) No. Um, but it was—I mean, that shit was awesome. Like, I think Bomani Jones and um, whoever he was talking to on his podcast said it best. Where like that t- the Titans Bengals game like had a great finish. Not a great game though, but it was a good kickoff. The finish of it was a good kickoff to the other games that we had going on too. So yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole weekend an awesome was the
1: weekend. the whole weekend was the like that Vince McMahon meme all the way up to the
0: end. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Uh, we don't have to talk about too many NFL things, like, you know, whatever. But is there anything else in the NFL that we want to touch on before we talk about uh, any Maction, actually non-Maction news, Maxion non-news, I should say. I guess that's the best way of saying what, what we have to talk about.
2: Eh, well, I don't see it in the rundown, so I might as well mention it. Uh, Roethlisberger retiring is a thing that we didn't really Never heard have of him. a chance to get into. Yeah. Never don't like heard. him. Don't think he's a. A good person,
1: everyone's favorite dirt bag. Yeah,
2: yeah, um, he was, however, the leader of one of the best Mac offenses in history, Mm -hmm. so he had that going for him. And uh, I think I can leave it at that. I think I like the guy.
0: Great career. We didn't get to watch him live while he was in college, but with like the records that he set at the time and how long they stood for, as long as they did, like it's kind of safe to say that he was ahead of his time in the Mac when it came to, like, being a productive quarterback. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, cannon arm, like, cannon accuracy, too. Like, that that is, uh... That was kind of hard to find way back then, too. Like, you had to be, like, really good at touch-passing to throw him deep. No, no, no. This guy had a strong fucking arm, and it was all packed on, like... What what, what do kids in Ohio drink, Caleb? Yingling? Drink. Right, <laughs> Yingling. Um... The natty Natty Light, I don't know. <laughs> at, at Miami though,
2: you probably drank Natty. No, at Miami they drink some like bullshit IPA nonsense. I don't know. They got too much in their Sperry's and they got to wash their shoes because you know they're dirty. They went down, they fell on the bricks because they were too drunk. And, oh. I don't know. Can we just stereotype Miami fans more?
0: Yeah, sure yeah i mean mean, i'll I'll, I'll let you lead the way like justin and i have to like corner central at every chance we can you get the rest of the state of ohio
2: i'll come back with more at a later date
0: when i live in cleveland i met a couple of miami fans and i have to or like
1: students i guess fans i I use lately because a lot of people graduate from Mac schools and like don't give a shit um but they they kind of embraced that sort of like stereotype too like when i met a guy he's like if we found out I went to a different Mac school he'd like look up like oh, I don't see you and it was funny that he did that because like I had a client at my previous job that was he lived in Buffalo and was a Miami grad as well and he did the same thing and I was like how do you guys talk about this is that like your thing that's interesting but I can't think of anybody that fits that stereotype less than like 2005 Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> <laughs> <a good> <laughs> like I just like I don't know I, like, I think I saw a photo of him from the Super Bowl that year in Detroit mm-hmm. and they all sat like courtside at a Pistons game while they were in town and like the early 2000s were not peak fashion but like particularly for, for Ben um, I was just like that guy went to Miami and um, but I think like in college, his I think the, like, the biggest thing that he had going for him is like I think like we all grew up in Mac country, and I think unless you had direct ties to any of the schools, you're probably not following Mac schools that closely or caring about them. The ability of Ben Roethlisberger to be known uh, by pretty much anybody following college football uh, to the degree that he was, I think, was you know I don't I don't know if game changing for the Mac because there were good players before and good players after, right? um but i think he was uh definitely special for that time because if like 10 year old 12 year
0: old me knew who he was then like he was
1: probably doing something right
0: yeah i mean like he has you know the pedigree of being was it a first round draft pick i'm not looking at it right now but like he was a first yeah he round was, pick, right like seventh overall right yeah it was yeah. like top 10 top
2: 15 somewhere in there
0: yeah so like he had that to prove it like records can get broken all the all the time like he set like one of them being like the single season uh mac passing record uh for a single season and that was eventually broken by Matt Johnson but nobody's talking about how great of a quarterback Matt Johnson was in 2015 and either.
2: It wasn't. Justin was right on point number 7.
0: Yeah. Bingo bingo. So yeah, like he has that to back it up and he lasted so many years in the NFL. Um I you know, shit. Hats off to you. I never want to hear from you again though. Yep. So, yeah, the most famous quarterback in the NFL retired. That's what uh, – I think that's all, that's all we have to talk about, right, for the NFL, right? No other quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady went 1-0 against the Mac. Can you name the one school he went 1-0 against? Western. Is it Eastern? Eastern Michigan. Did that, like, <laughs> as a senior. Like 59-20. Did it quick. Oh, God. Yeah. As I'm, as I'm here, <laughs> Justin just <laughs> – I saw you sent something. I'm scared to scared to look it up. Is it this oh no. The, er, the, the early
2: two thousands were an abomination for fashion.
0: Where do you think he bought his clothes from in the two thousands? That's not easy to do. That was gonna be a question, but now that I'm looking at this picture, I guess I do have to ask, have to ask it. Like, where the fuck did he buy these pants from?
1: Yeah, like he's dressed like any he's if you were in middle school in the mid early to mid two thousands, he's dressed like The tallest kid in middle school oh my stop that's the most accurate thing i think about yeah (laughs) like every tallest
0: kid in middle school dressed like that yeah there's nothing that he's wearing that you can't get at southland mall (laughs) and he's got like first-round quarterback money he should be better than that but you know what whatever whatever the shoes yeah the shoes man they're tied tight
1: He's trying to get a fit off, and I appreciate that. And also, like this was 2005, so like the Pistons were a big deal um, then, which is like hilarious to me.
0: Yeah. Anytime I see like that Reebok logo on an old Pistons jersey, I already know I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like who? Like who you got? I I rock with that too, man. But he's he's wearing Chauncey Billups, so uh, I guess that makes a lot of sense. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. That that's a good thing. We should end on. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Candles after all not taking the offensive coordinating job at Miami. Uh why would he ever be considered for the offensive coordinating job in Miami? Is he a successful offensive coordinator? Does Miami want him as a guy that, you know, has done a good job of invading parts of Miami as a, you know, a top-level G5 coach? Uh This news is like few weeks ago, this is probably before the Ben Roethlisberger thing, um, and again, it's not news, but we have so much offseason to get through. Uh, we're avoiding another coach turnover here, but Justin, Caleb, uh, when you guys at the time saw that Candle was in consideration to join Mario Cristobal in Miami, no, 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 after all, he's not going to Miami, what was kind of going through your guys' head at the time, and were you thinking, like, thank God, or... <laughs> Cause all I remember is just like looking at the responses of like Toledo fans on Twitter and being like, yes, yes, please. Yes, please. We want care. Hayes as our coach. Or how do you, I don't know how you say his last name defensive coordinator. Yeah. It wasn't like, I mean, okay. So as like a fan
1: of a division rival, like I think it's here and there. Like I would appreciate Toledo screwing something up and being like really bad for once. Um, I don't think Jason Candle's a terrible coach. I don't think the offense has been the strongest point of the team the last couple of years. Uh, So it it didn't make a whole lot of sense from the Miami perspective uh, to me. Um, I don't know. Does, does he have ties to, to Florida? Uh,
0: Not living wise. Like he grew up, you know, Ohio Midwest guy, Uh, but he recruits the hell out of Florida and he does a good job of bringing in not just talent, but really quality talent too. Um, I mean, I'm looking at a list right now. Like, Cadonis Haslam, he didn't really pan out, but he was, like, the highest-rated highest uh, player in the 2017 class. Uh, he, had, he eventually transferred out to an FCS program. Jalen Williams, Carter Bradley, Lavelle Dumont, you've probably recognized those names. They are like, three of the top five players in the 18 class. Jawan Newton, Chris McDonald, Jaquas Stewart. Uh, Miami Northwestern, if you go to Miami Northwestern High School, you get an automatic shout-out from me, Alex Alvarado, because one of my favorite... Football documentaries. Year of the Bull, uh, is centered around that program. One of the best, cleanest uniforms in the country. So I got to play this. I'm so sorry. How they gonna look
2: in the paper? We got six starters stealing pizza. Pizza? That's that's not gonna look good. That's gonna hurt. Uh,
0: Ronald Delancey, who also transferred over to Toledo uh, over the 21 offseason, he went to Miami Northwestern too. Uh, they got they got a few guys out of Tampa. They invaded like uh. Tucker Gleason, one of the quarterbacks who transferred from Tampa, Tampa area transferred from Georgia Tech, whatever his high school coach that won like so many like state titles, uh, led some other quarterbacks that came through Toledo too to like, you know, good success. Got him to come over to Toledo is doing a good job with the quarterbacks, but it didn't so much work out with, of course, Carter Bradley, who lost his job to a kid that recruited from Detroit DaQuan Finn. He's doing well right now. I could see, like, Miami seeing, like, hey, we know you guys have an eye for talent to bring Miami, Tampa, Clearwater, Jacksonville, St. Petersburg players from Florida to Toledo. How about you do a good job of just keeping them in Miami, please? I don't think that they'd be looking for Candle to be like, oh, he's a great mind at offense because none of us have been talking about it like that. Like, Joe Moorhead hasn't coached a game in my in, in the MAC. But we're already thinking that he's a better offensive mind in the Mac than Jason Candle, I probably assume. Uh, candle really hasn't really proven that since like 2017's 2017s title run. So I don't know if he's getting the attention that he is because he's a great offensive mind as much as he is like he's really good at getting talent out of Florida to Toledo of all places.
2: what I what I will say about candle in all of this is that. What more interested me, I think it kind of goes with what Justin was saying, was like, I would be interested if Toledo fell off without Candle and struggled for a few years. But I mean, you look at what he's done in his time, you know, he takes over for the bowl game, they go nine and four, they win a MAC title, and then since then they're seven and six, six and six, four and two. And what were they this year, six and six again, five and seven?
0: They went six Six and six. Six and six, and then they lost to uh, Middle Tennessee in the bowl game.
2: Yeah, so their best record in the, since the Ch- the MAC championship was the abbreviated conference season four and two last year. Not this, not this past season, year before. So they aren't really on the up and up. No. I don't think anybody should expect them to just shoot back up to the top of the MAC or like maybe they could compete still, but I, it feels like they're with Candle as coach now going forward, they're just always going to be just off, just off the cusp of championship caliber. So if that's good enough for you, that's one thing, but I think Toledo has the types of like facilities and resources and a reputation and good location for coaches that Mm -hmm. if I was Toledo, I I would want a new, I would want a new coach. I know he's won a Mac title, but maybe you just let his contract expire and then you go find somebody else. I don't know.
0: I don't know if they can play that game. I don't know if they can play like like Toledo knowing how football is operated, how it works for recruits. I don't think that they can willingly willingly be like, "Yep, we will have a coach out there that's going to recruit players to him. Say, I'm only going to be coaching here for one more year and then my contract's going to be up. No, they're not offering me an extension." Like I don't think I don't know. I don't I don't I just don't see that happening. The the contract bleeding out. I don't see that happening. He's a he's an interesting
1: um, case here because like he did win that MAC title, but I think with the benefit of hindsight, everyone kind of understands that to be like if Matt Campbell had stayed a couple more years, that it probably would have happened just based on how the MAC aligned that year. Um, when Tim Beckman left uh, for Illinois a lot of the questions were like, are you bringing Matt Campbell with you? I don't know if Matt Campbell got those questions about Jason Candle, And I could just be bullshitting, but like, I don't seem to remember the same type of like, yeah, we like you, but like, we like that other guy a lot better. He's kind of the secret to all this. It kind of seems like Candle maybe wasn't the glue holding Matt Campbell together in the way that he was for Tim Beckman. Like, does that,
0: does that sound fair?
1: Or am I like out of bounds?
0: I mean, I don't know. I think it was just like easy to assume that The roller coaster would keep riding as high as it did for toledo like in fairness to them like is the product on the field what it should be no is the recruiting classes like still at the top level of the mac consistently yes so it's just kind of hard to work with in that way um and i also think like just the fact that they were doing so well the fact that a lot of the players liked candle a lot a lot of the players spoke up and you know, did their pieces be like, "We want Candle as our coach. We want Candle as our coach. We want Candle as our coach." I mean, I think the job was already kind of done for them at that point. Um, so that's why, like, it was so easy to buy into them. And then, yeah, like you, you win the title year one. Was it? I think it was year two, right? Twenty seventeen? No, it was year one. Was it? Hold on year two? Didn't Campbell one? leave no, after it the fifteen
1: season? It was year two. <sighs>
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he did go, he player. went like
1: 11 and 2 the year before, too. So it's not like, like I think he only lost like four games. They it's
2: won that, they went nine and four his first full season as head coach, and then they went 11 and three the second year.
0: Ah, good catch. There
1: we go.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, and also credit to him, sure, like the product on the field wasn't good. Maybe there's something to be said about like the way that he did, you know, fire and replace coaches where he saw fit. Um, no, it didn't lead to like championships, but like Caleb, you know, I've talked to you, you know, plenty about it, especially after the 20, I think it was like after the 2019 season is when like, he started doing like some coaching turnovers, which eventually led to the, uh, the transfers of judge Culpepper and Tucker Gleason coming into the program. And statistically they like did better in areas on defense and at Mm -hmm. quarterback too. Uh, no, it just didn't turn into wins, but you know what, those are still kind of like, situations where you're managing tough situations in house that someone needs to deal with over at Miami. And that, that might be like part of the, like the, uh, the, the, uh, the associate head coaching job that maybe Jason Candle should be qualified for to be alongside Mario Cristobal. Let Mario Cristobal be with the players and actually like game plan and stuff, because we all know Jason Candle can't do that, but Jason Candle can figure out what is, or isn't working with this coaching staff.
1: In his defense, I guess, the like, oh, it hasn't come together on the field. Like the list of uh, coaches in the conference right now that you could like every fan base could say that about is is like pretty much all of them. It's so easy to lose. It's so easy.
0: Product not all on the field. Still getting some benefits. Tim Lester. Justin. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's your first episode on. We're already talking about Tim Lester's contract extension. Oh, no. That was a guaranteed thing, though, right?
1: Uh, maybe, I mean, there's a, there's a world where the new athletic director could have been like, uh, you know, I'm done with this. I want to like do my own thing. Uh, but it would have been pretty risky because it's like, you shouldn't fire guys for winning eight games in the Mac. Um, you guys kind of know my thoughts on it with like, there's a lot of context with Tim Lester that I think gets missed in like his record. Like, well, he hasn't had a losing season. Like, yeah, but he also was in year five and if it wasn't for a lame duck NIU, he would have went winless against his division. Uh, That's kind of the job. Um, Like the job isn't beating Akron. Uh, It might be if Joe Moorhead's really good, but like, The job isn't beating a Buffalo with a year, year one head coach. The job isn't beating Nevada with all their offensive players out. Right. Mm -hmm. Reason to feel like pretty rotten about it. Um, and I think I did initially, there's that interesting clause in the contract about, um, how every time he gets eight wins, he gets another year on the contract, which like sounds funny, but it's only happened nine times, uh, including this year in like the entirety of WMU's history. And I know they didn't play as many games in the past and blah, 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 but it's only happened like seven or eight times since 2000 and three of them were PJ Fleck. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a pretty smart bet. I think like you can't, he's got two years left on his deal. You can't send him into a lame duck year for no reason. Um, He's a distinguished alum. He's broke a lot of records. He's a great guy. You can't like, You can't treat him like that because people aren't going to want to come work here if the eventual outcome is that he does leave or gets fired or whatever. Um, And the eight wins thing is a nice bet because if he doesn't do it, you don't have to extend him again. Um, And if he does do it, then you look like a genius. So it it seems to be pretty safe. I would love to have eight eight wins. gonna get a raise. Like there was no extra money involved.
0: Yeah. Like I would love to have eight wins as my Mac football team. Caleb, what about you? When's the last time you had eight wins in a football year more recent than me? Uh, Jesus, uh, way more recent.
2: My my school that I root yeah. for. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> What was that? Two years ago? Work 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 times.
0: Yeah one one of it. the one of the Nathan work years. But still, Nathan I mean, times. that that that's still a good bet. Like I, it's fun when I like I log on and I just always see Western fans just hate Tim Lester. You too, you too, Justin. I'm throwing you in there. You do it too, but not as long, not <laughs> okay. as loud as Brandon. But no, I, there, I like there's him. a lot of things to like poke at Tim Lester and be like, you're not perfect. And guess what? He would admit that too. Do you know why? He's coaching at Western Michigan and not Alabama. Like, yeah, there's a lot of flaws about his his coaching game, but yeah, he gets eight wins, man. Like he is. I would love to have a coach that would get me consistently to eight and four, eight and four, eight and four, eight and four. Yeah, that's going to get stale and old. But you know what? Losing sucks, too. That gets even more stale.
1: Yeah, I I think the slight counterpoint I'd have on that, and there's like a debate of whether like Western has a ceiling or a floor, right, like a hard floor or a hard ceiling, is that. If you look at the the win-loss records of, like, every WMU coach basically ever, like, in the modern era, all the way back to Jack Harbaugh, the only one that's been hired away was Fleck. Everyone else got fired, and they all had winning records. One of them was, like, I think Gary Darnell was, like, 15, 16 games over 500, and WMU fired him and replaced him pretty quickly with Bill Cubitt, who, like, got out of the gate pretty hot. The program has a history of firing guys who do good jobs uh, when things get stale. And it has a long history of getting stale. Uh, the optimist side of me wants to be like, yeah, that means like there's a really hard floor. You can basically, you know, as long as you do your due diligence on the hire, you can plug any guy externally in here that wants to be here. And you're probably going to find eight wins somewhere or seven or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think the frustration with Tim Lester is that he's not doing anything that any other guy hasn't already done. Like Cubit did it, Fleck did it on steroids, Right um darnell did it uh i wasn't alive when harbaugh was okay i guess right like he was probably the the low man on the totem pole in the, in the, the, pan, the pantheon of like mediocre coaches mm-hmm. at w right mm-hmm. but i think that's what folks where the frustration comes from at least the reasonable frustration is that like hey you're like you gotta do better than this um if you're gonna like you know, be well, like the third highest paid coach in the Mac. If you're going to recruit this well and, and that type of thing that like, cause we'll get, we can get another guy to come in here and do the same thing and, and give it another
0: shot. Right. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so much easier to find worse. And I say that at my day job too, like, Oh my God, this coworker is slow. I cannot deal with them. Blah, 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 blah. They only do like four things. Right. Yeah. But if you want them gone, it's so much easier them to find someone worse and work that same job and get paid the same amount and you're going to be just as pissed uh yeah i know i you don't have to love tim lester you don't have to love him that's all i'm saying you don't have to love him he hasn't done anything for you to love he's yeah. done a lot for you to like though yeah well he did himself a lot
1: of favors sure and at, at the end of the year but like okay I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, he's eight and five. Why am I like so like that about it? And it's like, let's jump in a time machine and let's go back to when Caleb LB and team take the field for that last drive against Akron. Think about how different, like how close this was to being different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. If they drop that, I think it was Corey Crooms. If he drops that touchdown pass against Akron, right. Mm-hmm. Or if LB throws a pick and then maybe the team falls apart. Like, is Tim Lester the coach here today? Probably not. Like, I think he was hanging on by that much of a thread. Um, But power to him. He earned the extension. Uh, But I think, like, there's a lot of that residual feeling that feels like maybe a little paper tiger-y in W-Land. That's like – because we know where it was. Like, year five going one and four against the division, right? Everything else is just papering over that, like – to me, that's the job. Um, and I think, like, the programs that do win the MacWest West a lot or program, like, understands that. That, like, nothing else you do matters. you got to beat those other 14 or yeah. other five teams in your division. And if you can't do it, you're not going to win that championships. And, like, we can all feel real good about the win over Pittsburgh and we can feel good about winning a de facto home game at four field in the quick lane bowl. But, like, you know, I think it's okay to maybe want something more even if you admit that, like, you can't fire this guy and this guy might not be the guy to do it, which is sort of
0: where I'm at. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and like that said, like, you want the wins, but you also want to, like, point to signs of, like, hey, uh, Tim Lester ran too many RPOs. We clearly can point to see, like, there's a lack of success there. In the future, moving forward, we would really love to see you just, like – I know Caleb Ellaby isn't there, but, like, whoever you're trusting to, like, run your offense player-wise – Yeah, you use, like, the tools that they had at their disposal that you actually recruited for. And, like, I know I've talked to you about it, Justin. You too, Caleb. But, like, God, man, I just hated how they just bled the RPO to death on that offense. Like, that is not why you recruited Caleb Ellaby. Like, just fuck around with route combos on, like, some of the best receivers that really only compete with Toledo's talent level in this conference and just go ham on it. Just let Caleb Ellaby cook.
1: I think some of that was the offensive line was bad, like relative to what we expected it to be. I think there was a true sure. freshman starting on the interior and they couldn't do straight dropbacks Tim Lester's a pretty honest guy. So like you can glean some of that from his press conferences, like sometimes people would ask him, like, why don't you do straight dropbacks? And he's like, cause Caleb's going to get killed and he's not that fast. So like that was sort of why, um, plus he's, you know, the RPO thing is definitely fair because he's, that's what he wants to run. Um, and, you know, I think they haven't had, like, a tight end emerge in the way that they had since Gio Ricci left. Um, and Lester traditionally likes to use those tight ends. Yeah. So that's a big hole that's missing in the offense. But I think, like, combined with all the other stuff and then add in that all the offensive production is pretty much gone next year, plus the defensive front seven is turning over. Um, He's going to have to, you know, earn his way into, the, into 2023, I think. Yeah. Because um, you could see a situation where, like uh, – like John Bonamigo got extended and fired the next year. Um, and like because he went one and eleven. And like, I'm telling you right now, if that were to happen at Western, Tim Lester would be fired mm-hmm. and deservedly so. Uh, I think it could even happen at like three wins or four wins or something like that if they're not competitive in the other ones. But I'm not hoping for it, I don't want that to happen. He can coach here as long as he wants. Uh, if
0: he, if he keeps winning, if he wins eight games every year, he will coach here forever because it's in his deal.
1: <laughs> so
0: I I would love that outcome. What do you want to see out of Western this year? Like you, you can't really change. Like, you know, LLB has gone. Sky Moore has gone. You know, you know, some of the pieces are gone. You know, it's just not an easy place for Western right now as even though the talent level is good there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what do you want to see out of Western in 22? I'm going to say the same thing I said last
1: year, which is like going to a bowl game would be great. Right. Like if you showed me WMU's season, that they had this year, like a year to the date before, I would have been like, yeah, I'll take that because the schedule was tough. They had some question marks on the offensive line and defense and stuff like that. Um, but like circumstances change. They start changed. They started four and one and beat Pitt. And then I was really sad at the rest of the season. Um, so knowing what I know now, like if they get to six wins, like that's a, a hell of a coaching job. I will maintain that the job that Tim Lester did in 2018 with an objectively awful team, when he could have taken a mulligan like two years after Fleck left, cupboards a little bit empty, he's restocking, putting in a new system. He had every right to go like two wins that year. And they went to a a bowl game. Um, And I think that that was his best coaching job. So I think he's got to do that again this year. Mm -hmm. Now now that he's in year six.
0: All right. Looking at the time, we got to wrap this thing up. Uh, Caleb. I don't know, man. We talked a little bit about Tim Lester. We talked a little little bit about Jason Candle. There are ten other coaches in the MAC right now. Can you give us just one final thought on any random MAC coach right now?
2: You mean other than the fact that I just have no faith in Tim Albin?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say you can't say Tim Albin's name. Sorry. So I guess. So
2: very interested in how Buffalo kind of reorients itself in year two in linguist.
0: I love where your head. So.
2: Yeah. Uh, so what's changing, you know, they trying to think like what they ran at Michigan and what uh, Linquist did there. And I guess I'm, I is, are they kind of changing things a lot in year two or are they, or, or what we are, what we already saw on the field with what he did with uh, light guys. Like, are we going to see more of that? So I'm kind of, kind of curious how Linquist puts his stamp on how the, how, what Buffalo football will look like for the next few years very interested in how they what they trot out of the gates this mm-hmm. year. So, um I think that's interests me as much as anything as far as any Mac coach goes heading into
0: 2022. I think culture-wise I'm kind of expected to uh, not expected. Like culture-wise, I'm excited to like learn about what Molinquist wants out of his roster. You know, Lance Leopold took like the very we're going to build this thing brick by brick by brick by brick. Uh and it took like receivers taking on like tight end roles as like downfield blockers just to like really like get the he- like get the most out of that run game too. Um, Mo Lindquist is, you know, definitely a different guy. A lot of the roster that he inherited is turned over now in the transfer portal, was in the transfer portal, mm-hmm. graduated, descent in the other. Um, quarterback. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then he, yeah. Vantrese now he's at Georgia Southern. So now there's so much change happening at Buffalo talent wise of course but mentally expectation wise for the roster I really want to see where Mo Lindquist has this team now like the college game has changed so much to where rosters can be like so night and day over two years rather than like the old four or five year approach you know Mo Lindquist with the energy level that he has and his coaching staff that you know they were expected to have in year one I want to see what year two has just like you said like yeah I'm Yeah, I'm pretty excited for them. But culture-wise, what's that going to be like? Talent, we'll see. But culture-wise, I'm very, very interested to learn more about.
1: And boom
2: goes the dynamite.